Suddenly somebody will say like plate or shrimp or plate of shrimp out of the blue. No explanation, no point. Look at one. It's all part of the cosmic Welcome to the Cult Film Companion Podcast, the home of movies that are off, under, and ahead of the cinematic radar. My name is Chris, I'm your host, and I have my co-host extraordinaire, Andrew, with me in the Cult Film Companion Studios. Hola. How are you doing this evening? Good. I'm feeling, uh, feeling fine. Good. So we are available on all major podcast platforms. Please follow us on social media, Twitter and Instagram. (laughs) C-U-T-C-U-L-T-F-I-L-M-C-O-M-P. We are a featured podcast on the Blind Knowledge Creative Collective at www.blindknowledge.com where you can find podcasts and videocasts from around the world that cover unique and interesting topics and are extremely entertaining. So please check out all the fine creators over at www.blindknowledge.com. We are also a featured podcast on Newsly. Newsly is an audio app for iOS and Android that captures the latest trending articles based on topics that you choose to follow and then reads them to you in a natural human voice. For the first time in the history of the internet, the entire web becomes listenable. Download and use Newsly for free today at www.newsly.me and please use the promo code C-U-L-T-F-1-L-M. That's cult film, drop the I, pop in a one, and get a month free of Newsly's premium service courtesy of us. So with all that hot dogging and grandstanding out of the way, Andrew. Yeah. We are doing... Now... (laughs) <laughs> the tagline for S to the seventh power is um, seventh seal. It's not the seventh seal. <laughs> this is a motion picture that once it sinks its fangs into you, you'll never be the same. Ah, or the tagline that I like better we saw was, "You don't say it, you hiss it." Ah. So when you go, I mean, back in the day before we. Uh, you could order your tickets online and everything. You'd actually have to go up to a venue and, you know, say what movie you were going to, to be seeing, right? Yeah. And then, you know, you look kind of ridiculous. You just, I'm here to, uh, one, two, four, right? please. <laughs> it's fun. And it was, well, <laughs> no, it's a good gimmick. It is. And this was, we were looking at some of the other movies that came out. This movie came out in 1973. And long story short, Uh, The synopsis here is a college student becomes lab assistant to a scientist who's working on a serum that can transform humans into snakes. Now, that is exactly... Calling Joseph Mengele. So this this is exactly what this movie is. Now, we must say that this college student is uh, (laughs) feeble-minded. He's a simple boy. (laughs) Imagine... He's 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 almost we're we're talking gump level. 
Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. And not so, not too bright, not too bright, but, but very sweet, sweet kid. Now, based on this synopsis, it's exactly what this movie says it is. Okay. We yes. get we get um on the on, on the on surface level, but this movie is far better than it has any right to be and compared to some of the other stuff that was coming out in the 70s this this is a pretty dope movie yeah I, it is it's it is it, it ventures into especially cinematically it ventures into some very um beautiful moments um that uh are very art house-esque as you as you put it yourself mm. yeah uh, but yeah, the other other stuff that was coming out around this time was Squirm about the worms, Frogs about the frogs. I the... think I think Frogs was about like all sorts of you know. Um, yeah, no, no, southern. No. From what know, I understand, yeah, there was. It's a lot more than there's, just there's snakes. There's snakes and right. frogs and yeah. Night at the Lepus. Okay, right. Which giant I rabbits. <laughs> I giant not, rabbits. Yeah. I do not know. I do not know. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. that exists. Sure. So yeah. Some of these, but this movie, I think it's far cleverer. What it's, it seems as if everyone's in on exactly yeah. what they're doing. Yeah, but they're directed in such a way that the performances. I mean, it. I, I had well, the feeling the performances that are really good. They are. It, it seems as if everybody, the creative people involved with this movie, are so good at what they do and there is talent mm-hmm. that it kind of sparked and made this movie um better than it than it actually had any right to be as you said right uh, excuse me now here's the thing with this movie yeah if i didn't tell you what this movie was rated what do you think that this movie would be rated i think it would be rated r or almost r so that is that a rating? Almost R. <laughs> that's PG. What that's basically what I guess PG thirteen was supposed to be. So PG thirteen, but it was before PG thirteen. Right. But yeah, you see, you see, you see skin. You see a lot of skin. You see a lot of skin from Dirk Benedict, who plays our our sweet naive protagonist, and you see a lot of skin from um, uh, Heather Heather Menzi. I think her name is. Mm-hmm. Who um, actually did a Playboy layout that same year? So there, this, and then you see, and then you see a lot of beefcake from what's his name, Reb Brown. Reb Brown, who we'll get into. And you see more beefcake Dirk. than cheesecake in this movie. You really now, do. Yeah, there's more. There's more. Yeah, a lot of and and so like like I said, I think that they're in on exactly what they're doing. So according to one source. This movie kind of um, came from the idea that, you know, I guess the studio at the time, Universal, had purchased all these wild uh, animals. And they, okay. wanted to, I, they wanted to get the most out of them because they were just being used as, like, you know, it was basically, you know, ba- and this guy was talking about how they just had, like, makeup bays, remember? So this right. is back in the studio system when right. they actually had a department. Yeah. The so, very, very, very end of the studio system. Right. Yeah. So everyone that needed makeup effects were going to, you know, different stalls. So you were, what were some of the, we, we saw. I thought I heard 
them mentioned Jimmy Stewart, and I think he was trying to remember an actress's name who might have been Julie Christie. I, I don't I don't really know. So, um, but I mean, you're getting different generations. So of, we're talking of about, of course, here. Dirk Benedict. Dirk Benedict, who went on, yes, who went on to do Battlestar Galactica, and I'm pretty certain that's how I rem- that's where I remember him from. I haven't seen a Battlestar Galactica since I was a kid, but I think I remember him very well from that because he looks familiar. And I was telling you, Reb Brown is a, a cult favorite actor. Now, tell us a little bit. This was his debut. This was his debut, yeah. yes. And I, <laughs> what did I describe you, him as? The person clearly too old to be in this college class. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's ex- well, all of them well, kind of, of all, are, but he definitely is. Yeah. He's wearing a polo shirt most of the time. That's one size too small. <laughs> he, he's, he is he's a big guy. <laughs> he's a big, well-built guy. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so they were, and yeah, they were showing that the, off. And, and so he's also the first live-action Captain America. Wow. And you showed me a little bit of that. I couldn't quite believe what I was watching. I do remember the hang gliding scene. Um, I do remember that. So somewhere in my childhood, it is etched into my my psyche. D- yeah, and but, but I mean, other than that, I don't remember. So it at they all. were, and it was a TV pilot that never it well, aired, but it didn't go anywhere. There, it didn't. Get there were two up. made-for-TV movies, and I guess they were hoping to spin it off into a series. Okay, but, the, but it the did TV- air, I guess. It must have, if I remember that image of oh him I, no, I think it aired on CBS. Hang gliding. I think it was CBS. All right, okay. And this was pre Hulk, pre Hulk, pre Hulk. The t- and Mark Hulk's talking about the Hulk TV show, right? So this was pre Hulk. So yeah, Marvel was trying for a while. There was a live action Spider Man series. There was a made for TV. Well, I remember Doctor I rem- Strange movie. Yeah. Okay. I remember a Spider-Man, little bits, little bits of Spider-Man during, like Electric Company or something. I'm not kidding. It was no, like, he was. Yeah, he would okay. go. On, yeah, he would go. Okay, so that I yeah, I'm remembering that correctly. Yes, gotcha. you are. Yeah, good. Um, so yeah, so now, we got those two like sporting their bodies basically throughout the whole movie. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, if you kind of want to. Excuse all the creaking. I'm enjoying myself. An, an alternate in um, recliner here. I think it's interesting that if you Not go into this movie, that much. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I just realized what I was saying. Um, I was thinking that if you go into this movie as an alternate origin story, as an imagine this movie as an alternate origin story for the Spider-Man villain, the Lizard. Mm-hmm. And I showed you the the trailer for because you would never saw it the Amazing Spider Man mm-hmm. movie that came out. Yeah, I mean, I feel like they could have come up with that without having seen. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I'm just saying that this movie is, is I mean, yeah, cross, it, it was very influential. Cross breeding. Yeah. Um, and then you we were we looked at the trailer or I looked at the trailer. You've seen the you've seen the trailer for it too. Uh, for David Lynch's daughter's movie Hiss. Yes. Which is kind of a Bollywood take on half female, half snake. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So she's she's the snake in in the in that version. Absolutely. Okay. And yeah. that movie was was a miserable failure. Am I correct? I, I don't know if anybody saw that movie. <laughs> That's the thing. Because I told you, 
Um, poor Jennifer Lynch is um, hit or miss. It's well, she's like t- she's back t- and forth. She's two for four with feature movies. Yeah. Um, Boxing Helena and Hiss. Yeah, and then two brilliant movies, Surveillance and Chained. So there you have it. And two, I have not so seen I have not seen anything else besides Boxing Helena. And first. now she does a lot of TV work. Uh, I just she? I just watched the Dahmer Netflix miniseries. She, she directed did? a bunch of episodes. Oh wow! She worked on uh, American Horror Story, a bunch of other stuff. Oh wow! Um, okay. Uh, David Cronenberg's son. Uh, he's knocking out of the park too. Okay. So, so you know what? I could see David Cronenberg having a field day with a remake of Sst. That's right down his alley. Right. You know? Well, I think an alternate version of this movie exists with the movie Tusk. And I showed right. you parts of that and you said to turn it off. Yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> I couldn't... That, that, that poor... That was a torturous scene. Um, and, and for those of you listening that don't know what Tusk is, Tusk is a dark black comedy slash body horror movie by Kevin Smith, who's best known for... Um, Clerks? Yeah, Clerks and Mallrats and so, Jay and Silent Bob. And So there are other flicks along these lines. I'm thinking of The Fly. Right. You know, that's yep. the original and the remake. Well, here's the thing. This movie has incredible... Makeup effects. It does, and but they this, were, it was the dudes from Planet of the Apes, right? Yeah. So these people, yeah, they had just. I mean, this is what we're talking about: really high caliber Hollywood creative. And it starts out very subtle, veterans, because and people it, it will, is subtle. It is you kind of have to like after because I've seen it a couple times. I I notice it more upon rewatch viewings. Is what I tell people is rewatch the subtle changes that are slowly happening because he is bless his heart. He's he he's dumb. Can right. we just say it? He gets his first injection, which is actually a real was a real injection. I read that. It was Ouch. a real hypodermic needle that this actor put into him. After he gets the injection, then he asks what he was just injected with. Right. Not now that's that's um no, that's a question you ask the pre injection. Yes. Everyone should. And he's especially these days. Like he even like makes reference to it. He goes what are you trying to do? Kill me? And I'm like, <laughs> and he's like, no, not at all. Yeah. I'm just trying to turn you into a snake. Yeah. So it's very subtle, but we get some great effects throughout this movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. They his go from start, her. His, his complexion starts going to pot. St- makes me think of me and my complexion, actually. Oh dear. Yeah, I know. That, that's something that you should probably address. Yeah, I wonder if I'm turning into a reptile. <laughs> oh boy. Uh-oh. Oh boy, the reptilians coming out. All right. Uh, but yes, you get horrific snake people. There's multiple snake people in this movie. Right. Well, there's the assistant that preceded him, who we see at the beginning at a very excellent opening shot of him being taken. You don't see him. He's being taken no, away it's in all, a box it's from the cell. It's all sound design. Yeah. And, um, and. But then we see him later in the carnival because he's actually been. He's been sold, sold off. He to, was sold to a carnival. He was, he was sold, sold to a carnival. To, he was sold to a carnival. I mean, it's one thing if you're growing up. That's in up, town. Yeah. The carnival's in town, so he's on display. And for those of you um, that don't know what we're talking about, yes, traveling carnivals used to be a thing. They were great. And, it was um, a wonderful time. <laughs> it was a lot of exploitation. As long it. as, you know, it, it's one thing, if it's one thing that, you know, people grow up and say, oh, I just want to run away with the carnival. Like, I'm sick of family life. 
That was a rough life, though. Yeah, but well, uh, yes, it's very hard. If you yeah. and um, Carney is a great movie. Oh right, you want me to see that? Right, 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 right. Which right. is um, and that's it, that's a pretty realistic. Well, yeah, because the, are they schlepping around from town to town? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but you get the girl. You get the girl that wants to run away to the carnival. It's another thing to be sold. Is that Jodie Foster? Yeah. Okay. But she runs away to be a showgirl. It's a great movie. But that's a movie for another time. We're talking about this poor kid that was sold to the carnival because he's no longer, he's got no arms and legs. He is now a snake. Oh Lord, it's 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 horrific when you see it. And you finally get I mean, I but, was horrified by a lot of moments in this it, movie. Like seriously. Well Especially the snakes themselves. That cobra. We'll get into the cobra. But I what I love about the snake people well we'll get the snakes are a whole yeah. other discussion. I just we'll talk about the snake people for a second. Okay. Um They do a great thing by um building up slowly. You don't get to see the actual reveal. Yep. Um until you're what probably about uh, a good halfway through the movie. Yep, and then you see the previous assistant in the carnival. She doesn't see it. She being the doctor's daughter, right? Um, played by uh, once again Heather Menzi, um, who actually was one of the original girls in *The Sound of Music*, the movie with Julie Andrews. She was, I think, Liesel. I think was her name. I think she had her two front teeth out or something like that so she lisped all the time anyway that's her <laughs> that's her um later and uh, oh oh it's interesting just to note like i i actually went to see bryant park in new york city used to show movies uh in the summertime i don't know if they still do it or not but they did the sound of music once and i did attend that and i remember it was fun because whenever the baroness came on on yeah. the screen everybody hissed to the Baroness. Yeah, so there's there's an interesting little footnote tying back to our movie. Right. Yeah. And so you get snake people, and they're great, and you really should just watch it if you, you know, um, haven't seen it or haven't seen it in a while, the prosthetic effects. Um, speaking of the effects, they're very little in this movie. We're talking real snakes, real people, Who actors. Who have been trained to work with these snakes, and these snakes apparently were all, were venomous. They were the real yeah. None deal. of them were de- none of them were defanged. What in the world? They how could you could you get away with that now with the unions and the oh of course no, not no. no 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 this movie would never happen today. And you see them; it's all in the same shot. No, that's especially the, thing. the doctor, especially the whose name we will mention in a moment. But he's a good actor, and we're wondering we're wondering if him and Heather and Menzi at that time, like, were they, were they snake, you know, were they professional snake handlers who learned to act for this movie? Which is not the case. It's the other way around. Yes. They were actors who learned how to be snake handlers, basically. And so the whole thing, like, milking the venom from the snake, that, that was really happening. Yeesh. Um, so all, all the that, snakes, that except for one, there's one me. scene... There was a scene that one it was a puppet for one scene. Right, when he grabs it grabs it by the head. I don't know if that's at the very end yeah. or what. Um, yeah. But for the most part, we're seeing real snakes here. Yeah. So if you have a thing with snakes, you're going to actually get more queasiness and just like the ickies. Yeah, um, I, I got or, some of that. And I'm not even that, you know, you know affected <laughs> by snakes. Believe it or not, like with all the shit that... You know, that gets to me when I see movies. Snakes doesn't really do it. I'm not like Indiana Jones in that respect. But this movie, like, woo! Well, yeah, go on. Because, well, 
I mean, we're talking pythons. We're talking Ooh. boa constrictors. We're talking king cobras. We're talking the, some of the most deadly animals on the planet. And so, you see, you see, a, you see a character get squeezed to death by a boa constrictor. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So the, I mean, but so I guess one of the guys that did the makeup effects actually helped develop the story. Oh. So I I wonder if this was kind of they were. Like, they were using it as a showcase for their work. Like, this is what we can do. Oh, sure. Watch this slow transformation of... um, of, A person, a human being. I mean, that that final sequence, which is animated a lot... Yes, um, yep. is, ...is very effective. I didn't expect him to turn completely into a snake... I thought he was still going to maintain, you know, <laughs> half human, half snake, like in the carnival, right? You know, show. But no, the doctor completes his 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 plan, his his diabolical plan of turning humans into snakes by turning uh, Dirk Benedict into a snake at the end. Yes, he is he is a total snake by the right. end. Yeah, and we don't really know what happens at the very end. No, because she's screaming and it freezes on her and that's the end. So do, do the cops shoot him who's become We don't hear any gunshots. We don't. It'd be one thing because I think, you know, that we we've seen that very often the fade to black and then you hear a gunshot. Right. But then nothing else happens, so you're like, "Well, who got shot?" Right. So I I think that um Maybe he survived, and he gets they get to they get a happy ending. She and he, she and he have fallen in love. By the way, so when he does, she get to keep him as a as a, as a snake. Well, I will tell you that <laughs> I mean the the connotations of that. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I will. Oh. Since you have no interest in seeing it, I'll just spoil the ending for Tusk for you right here. He's got he gets a reasonable, reasonably happy ending. How so? Well, he kills the guy. Okay. But he's he's a walrus now. Um, oh my heavens! But his uh, girlfriend and his podcast co-host and Johnny Depp find him. So Johnny he, Depp. Yeah. Okay. Um, they find him and what? Johnny Depp him? is the worst part of the movie. Okay. Oh wow. Jeez. Okay. But anyway, so they get, they adopt him and they keep him. Yeah. Okay. So no, no, they, no, 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 no. They oh. don't keep him. He ends up at an uh, animal preserve. Oh uh, yeah. No, no, no. He they go to visit him though, and they bring him fish. But he wants to. He doesn't want to be. He doesn't want to be adopted. Oh my! Wow, wow! It's a whole new life. But he's cheap. A whole he, new life. But I the mean, whole... it's good you're on an animal preserve, but you're now. But he's not walrus. the most likable person, so I don't really mind that he gets turned into a walrus. Okay, so back to. This guy, on the other hand, I feel kind of bad for him. He's t- he's an he's such a victim. He's such a little victim. It's terrible to see him get completely, you know, uh, well, the whole movie victimized by this doctor, by well, Dr. The whole... Stoner, by Dr. Oh, right. Well, I was going to wait. So we've been about um, half an hour into the show, and we haven't brought up the fact that this, this um, the, lead, the lead character is Dr. Stoner. <laughs> now, the reason I wanted to wait I this long... I guess he's mo- probably our protagonist, well, isn't I... he? And not Dirk Benedict. Ben, Benedict might be the end. Well, I don't know if he's the antag. No, who's what? It doesn't matter. Go okay. on. So, Doctor oh, Stoner. Doctor Stoner, right? Just when you want to start taking this movie seriously, because like they, it's kind of like scientifically based. So you get these conversations where they're just they're actually talking real kind of plot orientated stuff. 
And then there'll be a pause and someone will say, Dr. Stoner. (laughs) (laughs) And you can't take it seriously anymore. So you just go, oh, right. That's I'm talking about the fucking doctor turns him into a snake movie. I can't take this seriously. It'll just it's be a like pause. A, it's like an insurance clause in the script right. to keep people reminded and I what told, they're actually watching here. And I think I told you while we were watching the movie, I said, um, they certainly knew who their audience was. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Well, and case in point, later on, a few years later, 1978, the actor who plays Dr. Stoner ends up in a Cheech and Chong movie. Up in Smoke. Up in Smoke. And his name... Is Stoner. Is Stoner. Mr. Stoner. So. Yes. Oh, he. So they're, they, I mean, I'm so they lo- were in on the joke. So, like, this is, this, this didn't resonate with just you. Right. So he's clearly lost his medical license. So. He's, he's now a Mr. Yeah, yeah. He lost his medical license. Yeah. And now we know, but we know why now, Andrew. Yeah. We have, we know yeah. why he, they took away his medical license. Yeah. He was Because they're like, listen. Yeah. Prison time? No, it's not going to happen. But we can't. You can't be practicing medicine anymore. <laughs> he probably made a deal with the CIA. Or something. Oh, of course. You know, <laughs> like, well, he's look, got, you get, you know, we want, we, we want to know how you did what you did, and you'll get off scot free, right. and you can be in a Cheech and Chong movie. Later. So he's the crazy doctor that I guess was probably at one time a pretty prominent professor because he goes back to this college, and he talks to his. I guess it was his. A student that's now turned professor, and he kind of, um, like you were saying, but um, he kept calling him Mr. Allen or something. He goes, no, it's doctor. Right. Right. And he goes, he said, you call me doctor now. Right. So they've got some tension. So what does he do? He goes, but I need a, a lab assistant because I just sold my last one to the carnival. So he's like... Fine, but call me doctor. And I don't remember what happens. But anyway, so he goes and gets the kid that... First of all, how did this kid get into college? I we're don't ta- know. We're talking out of athlete, athletic scholarship. All right. Um, again, we're not talking about the actual actor. We're talking about the character he's portraying. Dirk, Dirk Benedict... Does a pretty good job. Yeah. Everyone actually in this movie... Is, is good. They're not... They're not um, they know what kind of movie it is, but they're not... Um, they're not making a joke of it. They're they're really like yeah. committed to it, and the fact that we're talking about people that had to deal with actual huge snakes. And these I was talking, snakes. what a, how how bad would it be for you as an actor if they're like, yes, we got you a part. Uh, you're going to be cop number two, and you're going to show up at this. Uh, you're going to be the, the the sheriff's deputy. And they're like, he's like, yeah, like that sounds good. They're like, we're gonna pay you this amount of money. You show up on set. They're like, oh, by the way, you're also gonna be moving a boa constrictor. No, (laughs) no. This boa constrictor is what? How long do you think this thing is? Seven feet, eight feet. I was yeah. Longer? I don't know. Yeah. Massive. Four people. We see this scene where four people are moving this massive snake. No, no. What? I mean, all right. Maybe I would. I mean, it's a paycheck. It's actually a professional job. Um, but your first know. line is also so. Um, so, like I said, you're a cop. Yeah. And um, so the sheriff says, "Listen, deputy, we're gonna go talk to this uh, this doctor." So you show up because you know his lab assistant's gun is missing now. His parents, his family's worried because they haven't heard from him because he's a snake now and he can't use the phone to write a letter. So. 
How do you think you would greet this doctor upon the first time ever meeting him, and you're just going there for a round of casual investigation? I would try to act like a cop and say something that a cop would say. Now, what does this cop say? He says, what does he say? Could you get us a couple of girls? He's like, well, how can I help you? And he goes, <laughs> and this, this is how the cop replies. Well, you could show us some girls or something, or some ladies, <laughs> some women. I'm just like, and even the sheriff, everyone just like, what? They're like, <laughs> right. Har, 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 or not. Yeah. 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 I mean, is this career suicide? What did that poor actor do afterwards? Oh, I had no idea. He reminds um, me, I mentioned this, he reminds me of the dumbass cop in um, Black Christmas, you know? A black, is, am I saying that right? Right. Yeah. Right. Black Christmas. Yeah. Um, uh, is that really the title? Yes. Okay, yeah, he's the one that tells her that the ca- calls are coming from upstairs. Right. But anyway, I don't know what that actor did after that. So, okay. I mean, but I, I'm just, you know, so if you have a thing with snakes, you probably, like, this movie's going to work on a lot of different levels. But even if you don't, uh, this movie is worth it just for the music. Right. The so. score in this movie so good. So, yeah. Yes. And yes. Now tell us about the composer. The composer, I should, when I was going into talking And I still about, want to talk about the King Cobra. Oh, no, we're going we're gonna to go. we got plenty to talk about. Um, I will get his name in a minute. But he got his start doing uh, jazz and big band music. Wow. And then started to score... Um, and produced music. And this was one of the first movies that he ever scored. And later in his career, if you are a Frank Sinatra fan, then you know the duets albums that he did in the 90s. That was arranged and produced by this. What? That's wild. Um, I mean, that's... Patrick Williams. Okay. Patrick Williams. Um, okay. So this guy's the real deal. And the music, again, again, lends to the fact that this movie is so much better than it has any right to be just based on the premise. Right. It's shot very, very well. Those those shots are really beautifully framed. Yes. The the use of color and even lack of color, you know, in conjunction with stuff that actually has color uh, is very interesting. Right. They do that. Um, The skinny dipping scene, which I guess the the. The foliage that covers their private yes. was superimposed. Well, actually. Right. Yes. But so it doesn't it it doesn't look like it. It looks pretty convincing. So we get some tasteful PG nudity here, but for the most part, if you've seen the Austin Powers movies where they make a joke of their, uh, someone will stand up and they'll be naked, so they'll be like a vase here to right. to hide your private or a fern. So like, there's yes, they're superimposed. Um, Foliage all around Branches, it. leaves. And, and then there are scenes where there's actually a frame around the entire screen. Yeah. It's like, um, a, it's like a set, like a right. set for a play. And then they cut out, yeah, yeah, then they like cut out the middle, and then you see... The um, action. The action going on. Uh-huh. And it's it's it adds to like a very atmospheric effect. And the hallucination that he has when he's given that uh that snake venom for the first time. He sleeps for like That's twenty four hours or yeah. forty eight hours. And yeah, the who's the hallucination sequence 
is very well filmed, beautifully scored, and beautifully uh, filmed that he has. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It really is. Um, there's so many, like, excellent shots, um, just very nice transitions. And like you said, the effect of this, this hallucination, it's intense. Mm-hmm. And again, PG movie. Mm, right. And this was, oh. But, you know, PG and, for 1973. Right. So th- there's nothing here. Um, I mean, when did the whole 13, PG-13, didn't start 84, for the, yeah, 84 right, to 5, right, 84 to 85. Yeah. And do you know the first U.S. movie released theatrically with a PG-13? Oh, I'm curious. What? Oh, you don't know? I don't. Red Dawn. The original Red Dawn. The original Red Dawn. Wow. Okay. Okay. So, um, the original Red Dawn, I saw the opening scene of... Um, when I was probably way too young to see it. I don't even know. Oh, it. well, I'll show it to you, okay. and you can see why it, uh... I saw it way too young. Oh, I'm sorry. That can traumatize... I mean, I saw Black Christmas when I was way too no. young. So, so the I know, opening... I know how it can traumatize... For those, so, so this was, um... And then yeah, I would have been watching... Fascinating. So, But it was, like, edited for TV, too. But it's not intense. Well, it is intense, actually. Uh, so the opening of Red Dawn, I got it... I, I don't know how old I was... But anyway, it traumatized me because you see the opening of the, the movie is just like uh, California high school um, and paratroopers sur- just start dropping from the sky to this high school and they just open fire. Oh, my God. Yikes. Yeah. Okay. So it's intense. Oof. The opening of Red Dawn. Okay. Um, so, yeah, that. But I saw that way too young. The opening scene of okay. Red Dawn. Okay. Um, but yeah, for, for this is a good. Um, so throughout the seventies, PG movies were pushing themselves to be more than PG, not quite R, but you know. So, but there was no PG thirteen. Right. Yeah, I remember. I remember this. Yeah. Sure. So. Um, okay. But. Um, yeah. Speaking of. So uh, and like you were saying, a lot of the dialogue, you know, lends itself to basically softcore porn. There is a there is a softcore well, porn factor to this movie. Definitely. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Very- I mean, it's not like in spades. They're actually, it takes a, it does take a backseat to the actual plot, yeah. which is interesting. Yeah. And there is a lot of scientific explanation that's given. And for all intents and purposes, it's the real deal from what at least they knew at that time. These are experts. Not only did we have like Hollywood veterans work with talent working on this movie, but you had these snake experts on board with this movie as well. Right. So you're getting you're getting your meat and potatoes here. You really are. I mean, as as uh, as B movie esque as this movie gets, um, like you're it it's it's well done. It is. There's some there's something solid going on here. And then someone will say something to Doctor Stone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and then so his daughter is yep. uh, Christine Stoner. Christine Stoner. Yep, that's Heather Heather Menzies. So. Um, yep. And like I said, the I mean, the actors to get up close to these snakes. I know, and act. Yeah, they're doing snake stuff. They and acting. Well, that's at the, the same thing. time because you don't see a bit of hesitation. I mean, how much rehearsal was all this? I have no idea. Yeah, but you don't. You don't see, see, much see any hesitation. They, they, they're they, very confident about what. Like they're I doing. said, it, it, especially what is the actor who plays Doctor Stoner? We need to give him props here by mentioning oh, yeah, his yeah, name because yeah. um, he's very good. And she is as well, but he especially 
the way he handles these snakes and the way he acts. He while looks he's like doing he it. looks. You could buy that this is someone that spent their life around snakes. He plays drunk very well. He has his his pet snake. Oh, I forgot who, the fact that he who, gets his snake drunk. He gets his snake drunk. He does. Um, what is that? Bourbon, whiskey, it's a bottle of something. Because. So he shares with his snake, and they both get drunk together, and he reads the snake's stories about snakes, right? Right. <laughs> he even, he even uh. goes, to the, he goes to the college to pick up Dirk Benedict, and they get into the car. And he's got the booze. he got the booze for the snake. Yeah. Um, this right, po- the snake's sitting in, this, in the car between them. Ooh, I was already getting the heebie-jeebies with that. But then, so sitting after, next to a snake. So be, before everyone gets all up in arms... About the drinking snake. The alcoholic, clearly alcoholic snake. This poor thing goes through, like, DTs the, the, afterwards. The, the shit they do to this poor snake, and actually some of the real, it looks like real shit that they do with this snake. They put these, knock these snakes out, and then they force feed them food to keep them alive. But they're, like, you know, literally injecting their, light, you know, their limp bodies with with food. Well, like, they said, Like well, a stomach pump, almost. But well, the well they say, yeah, because they say snakes won't eat in captivity. Okay, or, and then so, that's and, right. And then they tease, um, they tease the king cobra with his meal because I guess he gets fed once a, cu- I don't know. He doesn't get fed daily. Okay, but they so they like hold up his meal like the the weasel that they were gonna feed to him. Oh right, they, they like do hold tease it up him, and poor weasel's freaking out. Um, yeah, it's just all kinds of... What did it remind me of? Is it Roger and Me or the sequel to Roger and Me where you actually see a snake eating a creature, eating a poor little rodent, and they yeah. unhinge their jaws. They unhinge their jaws. The, you see it all. Uh, so this King Cobra, are we ready to talk about it yet or do you need to... Mm-mm. Okay, I mean, this King Cobra at the end is a character of its own. It is, and this is all spoiler, spoiler, it is livid and i cannot under i cannot underscore or that enough or so, it, this cobra is livid at the doctor yeah because it knows what the doctor has been doing turning people into his species yeah and we're going into heavy uh the ending of this movie so if you, if you haven't seen it check it out uh you it, don't say you yeah, hiss it yeah you um, might you might want to stop listening at this point but i mean we're so, gonna get into yeah. So he takes I the snake love, outside. I love this scene where he's talking shit to the snake. He's telling the snake. He's, he's doing the big reveal. He's like, "You were yeah, like I'm gonna yeah." I am God, and I'm turning doing, people into you. He's doing the James Bond villain, revealing his master plan. That's right. And about three, just when you're like enough out of this fucking guy, split second, dead. <laughs> The snake just—it's not even three quarters. It's like all, he just mumbles it. He he gets out like a few lines, bitten. The snake that cobra is just like, like fuck, fuck you. Yeah. That's right. Like bites right away, and then bites again. But the doctor keeps telling him, you know, the doctor has to finish his big reveal before he dies. Right. But, oh my god that snake is pissed that in and of itself is might be the scariest part of the whole movie which is saying a lot to me at least you it's see a, the a... snake you see that cobra going <laughs> <laughs> it is so mad that is a scary woo woo and um and then it, and then the cop shoots its head off shoots its whole 
body off its tail, basically. Yeah. That's that's crazy right there. Right. You know, I mean, this the ending delivers. It oh, really yeah. does. You see everything going on in yeah. this ending. You see our, you know, protagonist slash antagonist get turned into a snake. I mean, that whole, even though it's animated, it's really cool to watch. It is. Yeah. You know, um, it is kind of like Doctor Who special effects. It's you know, but very still. The, the special effects are of its time, and that's saying a lot. Like the top notch, and like I was saying, upon repeat viewings, watch the slow decline. Yeah. Of this character. Yeah. It's not something they they're doing very subtle things with his facial structure. Yeah. And also his skin color. He's. Yeah. And getting uh, yellowish. They have a very interesting way of um. Clearing up the fact that she's not able because you're. This girl knows kind of what's going on. Well, she doesn't know that her father's turning them into snake people. Right. But, right. Um, she doesn't catch. She's a smart girl too, but she doesn't get it. She hasn't caught on. So for the but for some yeah, and some of it's just the screenplay, but also they come up with a pretty good reason. Is this she's uh, she wears glasses? So for a lot of the time, especially when they're being intimate. Right. Well, that's she, how they got this PG because, rating with the nudity because in some parts she's taking her glasses off like in the skinny dipping scene and can only see him naked it's but all blurred. Blur- yeah, it's all blurry. And so even later with what's his name? The Captain America guy? Reb Brown. With Reb. Even with Reb like he's naked but he's behind the shower door. Right. So that's kind of blurred. So that's how they got away with that as well. Yeah. Yeah. So she can't. So I guess a blurry so, butt is. Because I was going to say, if you were, I mean, yes, if you were hooking up you know, with someone and their skin color was what his was all over, we're not talking blotchy. This guy's like turning yellow yeah. and green. Yeah. Um, and then we get the reveal at the very end of what he looks like. And this took seven hours of makeup effects and they had to take. Dirk Benedict to the set on a stretcher because he was all because at the very he's end got, when he's strapped down he's all he's 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 as snake. lizard-esque as you're gonna get a snake yeah poor snake boy the carnival has got stubby flippers and like stump yeah. arms and legs this guy is just all snake like his body has melted into like his it's almost appendages like, have just I mean, if he were going to become a, a supervillain like in the Spider-Man movie, that's probably the state that he would be in right. for that. But no, the Doctor wants to take it all the way and turn him into, yeah, you know, this slithering snake. And, um, yeah, so this is one of those movies, just much better, just given the premise, the, the, the quality of film you get here. Now, the quality of film, I, I cannot vouch for. This was the last... Uh, double feature released by Universal at least for um, for a while um, I don't know if they've since done that but double features were typically released to Grindhouses and um, Drive-Ins would you like to share with the audience the name of the movie that this was the double bill for? The Boy Who Cried Werewolf <laughs> and we have not watched The Boy Who Cried Werewolf but we, we watched, watched the, the trailer. trailer and um it looks... It, I mean, which one do you think was shown second? Which would they show? The better one first or the better one second with these double features? Because uh, is the better movie. Is it? Well, I mean, just based on the trailer, come on. We haven't seen the whole movie, but I mean, I'm sure... There could be a lot going on in this movie. 
<laughs> Probably not, but, you know, I, I, I've been wrong in the past. Um, but, yeah, so this was the last of, like, the double bill, double feature. Uh, and th- As far as body horror goes, this is a good introduction if you want to get um, younger horror fans into kind of, like, prosthetic makeup and... Um, because it's really well done. It is. It's amazing. Yes. And like you said, it, 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 we're talking about the team that won for uh, Planet of the Apes. So did they win? Did they win an Oscar for that? I guess they would have. Oh, for Planet? Yes. Yeah, for okay. Planet of the Apes. Yeah, yeah, they did. So, um, great prosthetic effects. How do you think this was for a first-time watch for you? Uh, I liked it more than I thought I was going to. I appreciated <laughs> it more than I thought I was going to. Yeah. I didn't know what to expect. I told you that I used to collect creature feature cards right. as a kid, and this was the one movie, one what? one card that I had that I hadn't seen the movie. What were some of the other movies that were in these uh, creature feature trading cards? Well, a lot of the old school stuff like Frankenstein, Werewolf, Wolfman, um, Dracula, stuff like that. But then they did have more modern stuff from the 70s, and I can't remember exactly what else they had. Uh, so yeah, um, that's what that. So you were familiar with this movie before, like yeah. You know, and this was I good. always wanted to see it, and it, um, it never showed on Creature Double Feature, which I which is surprising. Well, probably maybe maybe because of the you know the PG thirteen you know aspect of it. Yeah, I could I could put see it on uh, day television. Yeah, um, so I got this in. Um, a movie pack. I ordered this uh, four movie marathon cult horror collection from Universal, and it was on Amazon. And I gotta say that it was less than ten dollars. Um, and I got it for the Serpent in the Rainbow and the Funhouse, um, Wes Craven and Toby Hooper, respectively. And the fourth movie here is Phantasm Two, which has a very interesting backstory. Yeah. Um, about why the um and which I like. I like that. I've seen it. Yes. Um so maybe we'll talk about Phantasm 2 at some point. Um but, but it was not s- yeah, yeah, go ahead. Was such a pleasant surprise. Yeah. This I would have ordered this for s- <laughs> Yeah, if you'd seen it before. Right. Yeah. Um so sometimes you get lucky with these sorts of things and this was a, yeah. So this is how I I came across the movie. Um and again, when I was really getting the horror, um, I went through like an ignorant phase where if I saw that S was rated PG, I'm like, nah, uh, enough uh, of the PG uh, movies. Uh, I want, I want, uh, I want. How the, scary can it really be? I want the Serpent in the Rainbow, which is R. I want the Funhouse, which is R. Um, and Serpent um, in the Rainbow, that, along with S. Yeah. Uh, so there's also yeah we talked about Jennifer Lynch's Bollywood version. So yep. um, if you're not familiar with Jennifer Lynch, check out Surveillance and check out Chained. They're just brilliant pieces of cinema. They're excellent. And um, have you seen Boxing Helena? Yeah, I saw it when it came out. Oh, you did. I saw it in the theaters. And it's god awful. It yeah, is. That's what I've heard. Yeah, and it could be. I mean, it's a. It's a. Of course, it's a twisted premise, but it could be interesting. And actually, there's a whole. I mean, we don't. This is a tangent, but there's a whole backstory with that movie as well. Oh, all I'll right. Tell, I'll tell you later. Um, yeah. So I, I'm wondering because um, I wonder if 
she did this this movie because of I could see this because this is I 73. I could see David Well, she was um I mean, it looks entirely different from the trailer that I watched. Yeah. It's like this Indian woman who morphs into a snake and maybe it's some sort of ancient well, Egyptian I thing. We've got good snake women movies coming up on the show later this month. What? 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 Oh, is there one in Freaks? No. What? The La- oh, oh, Lair of the White Worm. Yes. Lair of the White Worm. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. I didn't know that snakes were so predominant in, you know, so many movies. Okay. Something We've got women think. turning into snakes. Something, wow. Something to think about. So it's like, it's, you know, and there's, and the, you know, there's the whole, you know, Adam and Eve thing, and they talk about that, and st- he ta- the doctor talks quite a bit. Oh, it's Kyle. Nice transition to this great story. So we're we've been talking about massive snakes, and um, Andrew's got an interesting story. Uh, yes, yeah, so, involving right. uh, Tracy Lords. S- Tracy Lords in and her autobiography and slash of Guns and Roses. Of Guns and Roses and Slash's Snake Pit. She, well, he she didn't know. She went over to his place by invitation, I suppose. I don't know if they had like. Uh, dated before they probably did but anyway he like went to the bathroom or something and she like you know sits back on the couch and like puts her neck and head up against his boa constrictor she feels something slithery and slimy turns around and it's his pet boa constrictor on his couch and she flips out and leaves she ran out of the house before he even came back into the room that's terrible Poor Slash. <laughs> poor Tracy, shut the hell up. No, poor Slash. <laughs> he could have warned her. Okay, he uh, uh, done, uh, uh, you know. Okay, that is very, very true. But I respect the fact that this guy's a real snake lover. And what sort of life is it living in this little glass enclosure? He's just like, this is my house. This is my snake's house. My snake and there's no cage for my. The snaking runs this house. His family. Yeah. He's head of the household. Right. Put him down for taxes. So um. <laughs> anyway. Or census. <laughs> so I think that's a perfect way to wrap up this episode. We've got a lot of good stuff coming on the show and uh, exciting stuff involving Twin Peaks that will be announced shortly so um thank you all for tuning in once again if anyone's concerned about kyle it's fine (laughs) (laughs) so again uh lots of good uh horror treats coming up for halloween so do yourself a favor this halloween season and watch uh um a horror movie you've never seen before i see a lot of people who watch the same movies all the time, over and over again. Uh, switch it up. Watch something new. Watch S to the seventh power. Yeah. 